And I think that's so beautiful. Just this idea of oneness, you know, yes, we do have our individual experiences, but there is a oneness between you and I, between me and the world, between the universe and I, there's this divine partnership in all of us where we're co-creating a better, much more beautiful world. There comes a time on your soul journey where you are called home to your true self. In answering this call, you are part of a powerful collective shift towards deeper understanding and expansion. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are in the stage of growth known as enlightenedhood. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenedhood. I'm here to help you heal and remember the depths of your soul as you step into who you were always meant to be. Spirituality should be as simple as coming home to yourself and tuning into your heart. And on this podcast, I provide you with channeled wisdom and tangible tools to incorporate into your soul exploration. If you're inspired by today's episode, please leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share this episode on Instagram. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Monday. Happy solstice, happy Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, happy new year. So much is happening right now in the universe, and I don't know about you, but the energy out there is crazy right now. I have been trying to be as present in my body as possible and really feel these energetic waves that are happening and feel what's coming up, address it and release it because there is so much light coming down onto the planet right now that is completely transforming our energetic and physical bodies. And you may have been feeling so tired or on the other spectrum, so jazzed up these past few weeks. And that's because the energetics are shifting out there into a really new, beautiful frequency. So I hope you are well riding this wave with humility and grace. What my guides keep telling me and what I just want to keep reminding you, and I've actually had several people say it to me as well as Make sure you're actually feeling and not numbing or escaping. Escaping is is the worst thing that we can do right now because the things that are popping up for you, if it's things or the in the past, if you're having wellness issues flare up, it's happening so that you can address them now. We are going back into this lockdown so you can look inward and address these things. So address them and stop running and look in the mirror. I promise it's not as scary as it feels. You have the power to look at yourself lovingly and be the loving observer. Those shadows are part of you. Whatever you feel makes you unworthy or is an issue that you're struggling with right now, it's okay. You are so loved, you are so held, and the more we can look at things with a loving lens and just hold the light in our heart space, we, we're going to make it through this really weird year and this huge transition time. I've had a lot coming up for me of just grief because my family is is so important to me and I haven't gotten to spend the holiday season with them. And that's really hard, especially as you know, this path is lonely and getting to spend time with people who see you and love you unconditionally is just so important. And to it's not the same to have Christmas through Zoom. And I know so many of you are going through such a similar thing right now. And, and my heart goes out to you and sending you so much love and light and I personally am just figuring out how to create joy where I am. How can we create these pockets of joy and presence and gratitude and know that this is just a moment in time that will pass us by and one day we will look back and reflect on the Christmas that happened through Zoom. So whatever you're celebrating this holiday season, I am just sending you so much light, so much love and 
thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. As I'm saying this, I'm realizing that this is the second to last episode of the year of 2020. I think next week I'll dive a little more into, you know, everything that this year has taught me and what this year, how it's changed me and how I've grown fucking exponentially more than I ever have in my entire life. But for now, let's get into today's episode with my wonderful guest, Bina Patel. Bina is a devoted and passionate yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki healer, and intuitive. She combines her spiritual roots and medical background as a physician assistant into her teachings in order to optimize her clients' and students' health and well-being. After having discovered the amazing benefits of instilling a regular yoga and meditation practice into her own life, Bina began to notice the strong impact that a calming breathwork session and gentle yoga sequence has on the lives of her patients by encouraging them to practice self-care. This led her to complete a 200-hour yoga teacher training and a specialized training with Yoga for Cancer so that she could bring yoga to the wider community as well as her patient population in order to alleviate symptoms of anxiety, cancer-related pain, and fatigue. Bina then went on to create her latest venture, The Yoga Movement, where she is able to use yoga, meditation, Reiki, and intuitive healing sessions to help guide others to a more optimal state of living, one in which they feel aligned in mind, body, and soul. By implementing these healing modalities in her practice, Bina aims to guide others in positively transforming their lives. Bina and I today are talking about this holistic approach to wellness and health that encompasses Western science and this more alternative, you know, kind of not seen as credible woo-woo version of health and wellness and how can we be all encompassing in, in our wellness plans for ourselves and In addition to that, how can we bring our intuition into play with our health and wellness? And Bina and I are also talking about why being in our light is one of the most important and profound things that we can not only do for ourselves, but for the world. All of this and more with Bina will be coming up right after this. One of the biggest reasons I began to tiptoe out of the spiritual closet was... I felt so lonely. I didn't have anyone in my life to discuss these soul level changes that happened when motherhood reawakened me. And that's why I feel so passionate about community and the ways finding soul family can forever change us. If you're looking to find your people and discover spiritual wisdom and guidance in a safe and private space that is off of social media, we invite you to join our free community, The Garden. It's time to grow with us at garden.enlightenedhood.com or text GARDEN to 31996 for the link sent straight to your phone. Can't wait to see you inside. So do you want to set an, we can set an intention together for for this conversation? That would be really fun to do. Yeah. Today we set the intention, Lena and I, to tap into the divine guidance that we are receiving at this time that we need to channel to others who are listening, who also need to receive our beautiful messages about healing, breath work, being authentic in our healing journeys and being comfortable with it not being, not, not being linear and just allowing ourselves to have the space to discuss the things we want to discuss Obviously, also setting boundaries as we are also conserving our energy, but knowing that the divine will work through us in a way where we're able to provide these appropriate and beautiful messages that the world needs to receive, especially in this very vulnerable state before we go into 2021. So thank you. That was beautiful and said much thank better you. said much better than yeah. I really <laughs> So what I do actually, because you were saying... Um, that you do this before your clients is when before my interviews, I usually just sit and take a deep breath and I just ask to speak my truth and let the light of the highest good and truth flow through me. And anything that needs to come through comes through as long as it's in like the highest good for all. And I love that. Yeah. And then I've also been doing 
podcasting on my bed because mm-hmm. <laughs> we got the uh, comfortable the zoom recorder so I'm just like living it up in my best self just in my pajamas and I think that helps me just feel more in flow with my true self because I think when sometimes when we're talking on zoom or like on our computer and we have to like feel like we have to look a certain way I feel like the way we sit in our posture and the way we think we should be showing up changes what comes out of your mouth and I definitely talk differently when I'm like on zoom than I'm just sitting on my bed with a microphone and I think this is more this is more me (laughs) this is more me yeah I just got into bed actually after you said that I I was actually kind of cold before but I was like no I should sit at my desk I feel more professional when I do it and after you said that I just grabbed my crystals and just moved to my bed yes (laughs) I highly recommend it I've actually been working like from my bed too just because it's the quietest place in the house without a crazy toddler just like running and screaming where my office now outside is her new favorite play area and then my sister um, and my brother-in-law just got her a mini trampoline. So Aww. it's not the, the most like <laughs> quiet zen, yeah, yeah. zen place anymore. So the bed is where it's at and it's snowing today for the first time. So mm, yeah, I know I, I've been thinking a lot about our first conversation and just thinking about um, your background and your gifts and how how much of a testament just that you have, what am I trying to say? You have such beautiful examples of healing in front of you every single day that are not only just your own practice and what you give back to the world, but kind of walking that beautiful line between spirituality and Western medicine in your job as a PA. And I think that a lot of people don't have that perspective necessarily. Cause I was talking to my husband yesterday. I'm like, I sometimes forget how much of a ridiculous bubble that I live in. And especially with co- mm. with COVID, like we're we're sheltering in place and we're at home. So I can just live in a ridiculous different dimension bubble every single day and not really have to be part of the real world and not see how other people are living, how other people are healing, how other people are getting sick because I'm so detached from it. But you, you're on the front lines and you you've seen firsthand how this is really starting to trickle into our our medical systems and really all of our systems in general and i just again i told you this the first time but i just am so grateful that there are people like you who who understand and are and who are there to really hold and anchor the light because i think that's really what's going to shift our human collective is those people who are so in their power, so in their light, so in their most authentic self, and then giving it back in these systems that weren't necessarily created to give light and power to people. Thank you. I would have to say, you know, um, I recently looked up, I, I'm thankful for everything you say, but I just wanted to point out what I'm learning from this year is that there are so many other people who are actually in this boat, but they're just now coming to light. And I forgot who mentioned it to me exactly. I think it was another healer, but I watched the documentary Heal on Netflix. And I was like, oh my God, like this, this, this whole entire documentary just spoke volumes to me. And I thought, is this real? People are actually, this is published. This is actually airing on air. People are actually viewing this. And if you, if you actually look at like the whole content of it, they're not, they're not saying that Western medicine is not right or that it's bad. What they're saying is that there are ways of being able to use the construct of everything we've learned in our scientific experience and knowledge, but be able to use that also from spiritual roots or this alternative medicine, alternative healing in order to provide more individualized care and healing for that patient. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing I would say is that this year, no matter who you are, no matter what professional you are, medicine or anything else, yes, I have to thank everyone on the front line because they're doing us a tremendous service right now that many of them did not sign up for. However, a lot of us are being taught in this time of stillness and solitude that we can't just treat the problem. We have to really look at the root causes, right? And even now, people who have to transition to the confines of their own home, being in solitude with themselves, a lot of us being potentially uncomfortable with things and feelings that are coming up. Well, this is not about, you know, 
let's say for someone who is not interested in their career path and they're just looking for other jobs, this isn't about just signing up on something or the next big, big thing that appears for you. This is about going deep within and actually asking yourself those deep rooted questions. Well, who am I? What makes me happy? What is my path? And how can I be more aligned with it? You're looking at the root cause of anything that you're facing in this time. And so I think that that's what alternative medicine healing also is to me, not looking at a person just based on their face value, but looking at root causes and how we can treat any imbalances and see them on a mind, body, soul level. So, yeah, I, I think that's such an important part because I think there, I don't know if it's a misconception, but I feel like it can easily get translated into black and white. Like it's either Western medicine or alternative. And I feel like it should be this expansive approach where, yes, we can't discredit the advances of Western medicine and what it can do to help heal. But there is also an energetic component to it. And there's a more like just because it's not a tangible like we don't have scientific proof that this works, you know, but. How can, yeah, how can we holistically and all encompassing value the, the human, the dignity of the human, but also the existence of like the soul and the energetic body. And I think that's slowly starting to become less of a ridiculous idea. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, (laughs) I think like things like the heel documentary are kind of showing, but I mean, even the the doctor who was in that, the one who had Hashimoto's and she's like, we were taught Mm -hmm. in med school that alternative medicine is just like a nuisance, which I just thought was so interesting, but it's true because there's like alternative medicine has been so pegged as like woo woo, like hippie people dancing by the fire, like in the middle of the woods that has like no credit what whatsoever but I think they're they're starting they're coming together slowly and I can't wait to see like the world that we exist in where we're holistically encompassing both of them I agree with you and I would add to that that I think just as a documentary showed one of the issues that's bigger right now is that a lot of insurance companies don't usually cover alternative medicine modalities and their techniques And so how we can change that for people who are in healthcare or anyone who is doing alternative medicine is communicate that to people. When I worked at some of the cancer centers in New York, a lot of cancer patients were very open to alternative healing. And the reason being that I gathered was not because they weren't open to take medication. A lot of them did take some anxiolytic or other medication we provided. However, if they had another way of healing and trying to look at the root cause of what was causing their anxiety or fear, they would actually prefer that versus then having to call in the nurse for and anti-anxiety medication every couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's up to people like me and other people who are doing alternative medicine to communicate that and get that across to other people, whether they are patients or not patients, and just let them know, you know, this is something that we can offer. There has been some research on it, maybe not on certain healing, such as energy healing or Reiki, but for sure, I did a yoga for cancer training uh, background. And one of our founders, or actually the founder, uh, Terry Prinster, she actually was part of this research. So there's actually evidence-based research that showed that yoga has been proven to have scientific benefits for people, including patients with cancer. And that includes a boost in your immunity system, as well as helping to decrease anxiety levels. And that is something we know can definitely contribute to optimization of our health and well-being. If more, if more people had this, if more people had this understanding and had this information communicated to them, especially when they hear about the science, I think they would want to learn more. But the issue is that when people are just stuck to standard medicine and that's all they've been trained in, it's harder to actually educate people about that. Do you find that peers in the medical industry are also resistant to it because of the lack of like, I don't know, I don't want to say evidence because there, there is evidence, but is it, is it more of like, this is the way it's always been done? Is there still re- like resistance to it? I can't speak on behalf of all physicians because I mainly work in oncology, which True. is more focused on cancer. But what I would say is onco- in oncology, I've definitely been surrounded by a lot of physicians and a, a lot of clinicians that are actually very open to this. And that's because they allow their patients to take part in their healing as well. A lot of times, even when standard treatments are being prescribed, it's not that the doctor just tells the patient, well, this is what we can offer, that's it. Sometimes, yes, it might have to come to that point depending on how the patient is doing. 
in their in their whole overall disease course. But for many patients, especially before they get hospitalized or come into a hospital, we'll ask them, well, these are the potential options. What do you find yourself fitting? Mm-hmm. And then when they come into the hospital, if they ask for other services such as integrated medicine, where we can do music therapy, massage therapy, potentially Reiki, meditation, yoga, nidra, a lot of patients are open to that. And all the attendings are most of, from what I've seen, most of them, if not all of them are definitely supportive of that because it will only add to the patient's quality of life rather than take right. away. What do you think it will take for that to be a, an integrated part of our wellness plans before it kind of gets to, we have cancer and we're hospitalized? That's a really good question. I don't, I don't know if we have answers. It's yeah. just like, I, this is me asking the universe, like, what is it going to take? No. <laughs> I think there's a definitely been a significant boost in the health and wellness industry overall in the last few years not to mention a swift, a very rapid increase this year, given the current situation we've been in. We've seen definitely an increase in health coaching, life coaching, yoga and meditation teachers, healers, Reiki masters. A lot of people are starting to do training and all this different healing work. And I think that the more people that are starting to awaken to all this and become more attuned to the energy shift, knowing that we really need to learn how to prevent these things from occurring rather than worrying about these things as they come up, we're going to continue to see this massive shift in health and wellness. And the more people who get involved in this industry, the more of an outreach it will have and more people will start to realize that, yes, I really need to take care of any imbalances on a daily basis, tending to not just my physical well-being, but mental, emotional, spiritual, and understanding that all of them are interconnected. And I really do believe because I've seen it this year, I've, I've had more people reach out to me for yoga meditation, including some colleagues. You can see a lot of pictures all around the world. There's, they'll show, I, I think I saw a picture in Spain where a group of, of physicians and other healthcare providers actually took time out to stand in a circle and you know keep a little bit of distance for socially distancing. But doing a meditation people have found art and music. And I think a lot of people are starting to tap into this, to this idea of health and wellness being, you know, not just something that we look to when things go south, but really thinking of it as a, a way of life, a lifestyle. Yeah. I think that's been one of my biggest frustrations this year with our leaders, because there's, mm. there's this narrative, of course, that is the, and I, it's, it feels very fear-based that, I mean, and a lot of it's coming from the media with the virus of like, wear your mask and get your vaccine and stand six feet apart from everyone else. But I think what I've been most frustrated is, is where is that conversation coming from the, the people that uh, the citizens trust that is like, make sure you go outside and get fresh air and feel the sun on your face and spend silent time with yourself and meditate and nourish your body and make sure that you're treating like your immunology. I'm not even know if I'm saying that right. And you're like your nutrition from the inside. <laughs> <are>. <laughs> and right. I, and I, I feel frustrated as someone who's watching people who, who have a lot more control, I think over their health and their well being than they think they do not hearing mm-hmm. those messages too. I think part of that is definitely that. Yes. As someone who works in healthcare as a physician assistant, yes, I do have responsibility in educating patients. And we can all do that to the best that we can. But ultimately, everyone, whether you're a clinician, whether you're a patient, whether you're anyone in this world, you still can tap into the intuition of knowing what's best for you and your mind, body, Mm -hmm. soul balance. And obviously, everyone needs to definitely take a step back from the news and it doesn't mean that we don't need to watch the news, but definitely take it in increments and know where your boundaries are. Because if you take in too much, you can't separate what is what is appropriate and what is information that's not right and being mm-hmm. miscommunicated to you. And if you have the awareness within of yourself, the self-awareness, and you can tap into this intuition, you can more easily accept into your energy field what is right for you versus what is not. And this is what I also tell my patients. There's a lot of basics and fundamentals we all we all know that we need. We know that we need to breathe, right? Mm-hmm. We need to breathe fresh air. We need to drink water. We need to exercise. We need to have a healthy diet. But how that diet and how that exercise and all those little things that go into our day-to-day can differ depending on the person. Yes. 
And that depends on their health history and also just on who they are. We're all different. We're not a statistic. We're not a number. We're, we're a person. And we all have a different sense of this balance and this different optimization of our health and well-being. So the, it's definitely up to healthcare providers to be able to provide that education. But it's also the goal and the responsibility of that individual to take in what is right for them versus what is not, be able to discern and also take initiative to educate themselves. And a lot of times that education, what I mean by that is not necessarily hopping on the internet and looking for everything because there's a lot of information you can get from the internet. Maybe looking at some journals, some medical journals, questioning your friends in healthcare. Oh, I've been reading up on this. What do you think about that? And being open to different viewpoints and being open to the idea of not knowing everything. Because even for those of us in healthcare, we don't know everything. We're learning that medicine changes every day. And clearly with the ongoing pandemic, we're still receiving different chunks of information as well. And so the education we'll be providing will also be different. And I think that for people who do do the work and do the meditation and are constantly tapping into that sense of self-awareness, they're more able to discern what feels right for them versus what does not. And that will be ultimately the determining factor for their, for their mind, body, soul, and their balance. I can imagine so many people that I know who would hear that and be like, well, I don't have an intuition and I don't even know where to start with that. What advice would you give for someone who is really disconnected from from that inner voice and that inner compass and really doesn't have that foundation of self-awareness and self-trust to go off of? For that person, what I would recommend is even if they don't have, if they've never meditated before, if they haven't sat down on a meditation mat, I would say, take three deep breaths in this moment. The second you take three deep breaths, you literally shift your energy state into a more meditative state. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what people don't know is that they're probably already meditating. They just don't, they haven't labeled it. Sometimes people talk about going for runs and they're like, oh yeah, I get all my thinking done in a really clear way when I go for runs or when they exercise or do something or jam out to music, right? The whole point is that you're really, you're, you're shutting out the outside noise and you're coming into your inner stillness, your presence, this present moment. And so they, they probably all are self-aware to some extent, just not the extent that they probably want to be at. Mm -hmm. And so for that person, I would say, whenever you're feeling like you're in a place of panic or that you're just getting a rush of information and you just, you find yourself just falling for everything and kind of believing it because maybe that's what society is doing. Well, take a step back, take three deep breaths and see if you can shift your awareness to this moment, being the observer and witness to your experience rather than just being completely attached to that moment. Mm -hmm. And perhaps meditation would be something good to incorporate, even if it's just five or 10 minutes sitting somewhere in your room Um, before you start the day, because in that five to 10 minutes, you're probably going to do more thinking and gain more clarity than versus all the conversations that you'll have for the rest of your day. And it's just, it's a habit. Yeah. It, it takes a, it's so true that it's a habit. It like takes work to build it into your day. But then I think once it becomes part of your routine, it's so much easier. Right. But breathwork is a great place to start because whenever you tell someone just take three deep breaths. That's literally a shift in energy because you're not talking, you're not sharing information in that moment with someone else. You're you're just tapping into that inner stillness. You're being more present with yourself. You're allowing yourself to honor the rhythm of your breath cycle. By doing that, you do tend to slow down the mind. Even if you don't get rid of all your thoughts, you slow down the mind and you gain clarity. We all mm-hmm. know that we don't gain clarity when there's chaos. We gain that clarity when we have some time to process things and be okay with the way things are, you know, but in order to get to that point, we really need to build a foundation of being okay with being in that quiet space with ourselves. Yeah. The thing I like about breath work too, is that it's science because you're, is it that you're act? Okay. See, I don't know the actual science, but I know it's, is it that you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system or that you're turning it off? You're activating it, right? So you're activating your parasympathetic nervous system anytime you meditate and you start to take deep breaths. Sympathetic is more of fight or flight. So right. when you feel really antsy or you're very nervous, but parasympathetic is all about decreasing the heart rate. You know, when we're centering ourselves, we're taking those deep breaths, we can really allow all that oxygen to flow all throughout our body. And once we receive that, we feel a boost in our energy. We feel more revitalized, but also more relaxed, more centered. And I, I really do th- think there's a strong connection there between 
the spiritual side of that or the more emotional and mental uh, benefits you get from that as well as the physical. Yeah. Well, in the, well, it's not in the Bible. Is it in the Bible? It's in the gospel of Mary where Jesus basically tells Mary that the, the divine is in the breath and, mm. and that exists in so many different like spiritual context. And now that science has kind of proven it, I just think it's such a, a beautiful integration of those two. Actually, yeah, I think it is in the Bible because he tells it to Peter too. I was just reading Mary, Mary Magdalene mm. revealed, but it, it's so true, but we forget how much power our breath has. And it's something that when we're on autopilot and we're not centered and we're not paying attention and in the present moment that we can f- become so detached from. I agree. If you think about it, even Reiki and yoga, one of the things you learn about is how Reiki in itself is life force energy. It's universal life force energy available to everyone. And when we tell our patients or clients or students to take those deep breaths as they start to get into that meditative state and really receive that energy, what are we asking them to do? What we're asking them to do is essentially breathe all that in, mm-hmm. you know, like breathe in that divine energy, breathe in the magic. It's already there. It's already surrounding you. And it's the same thing with yoga, thinking of prana or life force energy. We literally think of these energy centers in our body. Um, There's also these channels that they call uh, naris. And they said that when you take a deep breath, even though we think of the chakras and, you know, the chakras being aligned and balanced and being able to breathe into these different centers, what you're essentially doing, what you are essentially doing is taking in that energy, breathing that in and allowing that energy to cleanse every part of you and bring yourself into a state of restoration and balance. And it doesn't mean that you might be just necessarily overworked. It could also mean that maybe you're not doing enough in a certain area or that maybe, you know, for example, for anyone who feels blocked in their throat chakra, which I think a lot of people this year have been experiencing, especially people who realize that they might be meant for another path. Well, in order to unblock that, what a lot of people have found is continuing to step into your truth. And so when you, whenever People might have a client with that through Reiki, for instance. When you tell them to actually breathe into the throat chakra or the Vishuddha, it's just a burst of energy that comes through in that space. And they literally feel this release of a block in that area. Mm. And I really think that's because they've actually focused their breath into that space within. Mm. The thing I love so much about the throat chakra that I actually learned about with the Sanskrit word, is it Visha? I think the root yeah but yeah. i think visha the the root of that in sanskrit means poison and so that when you're not speaking your truth you're literally poisoning your body which i just love mm. that analogy i was like oh that makes so much sense and why it's such a big block for so many people and why that just using the frequency of our voice in in a, the most authentic way is just such a powerful way to present our like just as powerful way to be it's true. I didn't even know that. You taught me something. <laughs> <laughs> it was my summer reading. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And it was in one of the chakra books that I have. I'm not sure mm-hmm. which one, but I love it. It was looking yeah. at them from a divine feminine and goddess perspective, which I thought was very interesting since I think weren't they like originally created by male yogis, which is interesting that it's like a man discovered slash created thing, but like from a feminine perspective, I love stuff like that and spirituality. Mm, That is beautiful. Which I guess yoga is very much. But I I think that's interesting. Yeah. I think yoga, I mean, isn't yoga very much like that too, where it was created for men by men. And I don't know. I don't know much, but that's, I I think Um, a lot of things in spirituality are like that. See, I think that you're you're right, but I think that I'm so attuned to the shift this year with Divine Feminine Rising mm-hmm. that even some of the books I've read in the past few years, um, I can't remember the name of the author off the top of my head right now, but The Secret Power of Yoga, it was written by an author who describes, I guess, some of the more feminine aspects of yoga as well in some of her work. And that really showed me that it's not so much about the gender because we all have masculine and feminine mm-hmm. parts to ourselves. And even though the original teachings of a lot of this work, definitely a lot more men were credited and, you know, that's fine to an extent. I think what we're learning now is that there were a lot of creators who were involved with this, who were women. Right. And a lot of them are getting more credit now. And I think part of that creation and nurturing aspect is definitely due to that feminine part of ourselves yeah. who wants to help and heal others. So it's definitely a beautiful 
awakening this year. I think that sparked something in me is this idea of kind of how we're shifting into this feminine and those leaders who are taking the feminine approach to these things and honoring the feminine side of them are the ones who are really, I mean, while I'm saying this, I'm thinking like Adrienne Mishler comes to mind with yoga, right? Like her whole mm-hmm. thing is find what feels good and kind of breaking down that like you don't have to do a pose this most specific way, but you have to understand like the fluidity of your body and listening to your body and finding what feels good. And I think we're watching those shifts happen in so much of this alternative health world universe. And I think it's really beautiful now that we have these people who can see both sides and also kind of pair it with the the human experience and the the human who needs these really beautiful tools to to heal, but may have been off put from it because it was so rigid in the past. I agree. And I love that you mentioned that because that's something I actually tell people too. I always tell them what you see on social media, no matter what a pose looks like to you, you can try and it's great for you if that's where your body is taking you, but always follow the cues of your body and your body is different from anyone else's body. And even if you do a certain pose the same way as someone else, it can still look differently. And that's a beautiful thing. You should Mm -hmm. be able to embrace your individuality and what your body is teaching you in that moment. And I think part of what I learned in yoga teacher training was sometimes that can also be the ego. I mean, we all have an ego, no matter how spiritual we are. And sometimes it might be the teacher needing to separate their ego and, you know, not trying to align or touch a student in a certain way to get the pose to look the way that they think it should be. Mm. And maybe just allowing the student to come into their pose in their own form and just being with themselves. And sometimes I've seen it in classes where, you know, a teacher might teach something and you look at a student and the student just completely goes into a child pose and does something completely different, which is not what the teacher is choosing. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. And it just goes to show you that in that moment, that student needed to rest and do whatever they, whatever came up to them, they needed to tend to that in that moment in their own unique way. And similarly, I think we can parallel that to alternative healing and that a lot of my, a lot of patients this year have actually asked me, um, is there something you would recommend? Are there some apps for meditation? Because when they're sitting in their infusion center and they're receiving chemotherapy or whatever treatment they're getting, they they also are very attuned to different energies. And now you're thinking of a pandemic and on top of that, you might have a diagnosis and there's so many other things, you know, so many other conflicting things happening in our life. It's not like life just stopped this year. So now what can they do to help ease that anxiety? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people have felt this shift and have asked about different apps that they can use about for meditation, yoga, and things like that. And I think that's where communication comes in handy and just honoring the fact that everyone comes from their own level of consciousness. And as they start to awaken and come to this point of understanding that their bodies work differently and that there are these other modalities that they can use for energy healing, we can only meet them where they are. And once they're ready, people will come and will be open to receive it. And we've definitely already seen an, a tremendous increase in that area. I completely agree. And I love that you said meet them where they're at. Cause I think like I was telling you before that that's kind of where spirituality and spiritual leaders, and I don't mean to discredit anyone, but that we've kind of lacked there. I think there's become this whole really glamorous version of spirituality and spiritual practices and different modalities for healing that has kind of separated from the human experience. And we we need to be able to meet people where they're at or else we and at least create that bridge because otherwise we're not truly honoring like what their experiences are and what they're what they need to heal. I agree. I think I think part of that is also because of the way we've been conditioned from birth. At least during my time, a lot of times with schooling and the education I received, I don't really remember in middle school getting a lot of coaching or education on health. We definitely had gym and physical education, things like that. But I mean, for instance, my eight-year-old cousin is talking about all the health classes that she has on a weekly basis. And obviously she has her regular math and science and everything else, but she says that they actually do receive coaching on health and fitness and different techniques. And just to give an example of that, I had a moment a couple of weeks ago where she actually witnessed me being very angry in a situation. I didn't handle it the best way. And she just looked very calm. I mean, she's definitely a yogi of her own. And I, we came back to the situation a week later because something intuitively told me I needed to be able to have a conversation with her about what happened. And 
the anger wasn't displaced towards her. It was about something else with another adult, but she was witness to that. Mm. And when we spoke about it, I asked her, what would you do? What would you have done in this situation? And she goes, well, number one thing I've learned in school right now is sometimes we just have to take a step back, breathe and do the tree pose. And she did the tree pose in front of me. And I just couldn't believe my eyes. And I couldn't believe, first of all, that I was getting schooled by an eight year old. Wow. And I'm a yoga teacher and she's teaching me yoga. And this really, this was a totally, it was her in her element. It was a very authentic she was so authentic in what she was showing to me that I could tell this is something she really ingrained in her spirit. And I think it's conditioning. We've been conditioned in our age, in our time of learning that, you know, there's just certain fundamentals that we need to learn. And this is how you start working in the real world, right? When you get your degree, you get out there and you do all the things that your job requires you to do. But we didn't really learn about things such as emotional intelligence, how to develop that, how to respond to people rather than react, right? How to develop confidence, how to build, uh, what do you call it? Self-esteem, how to become more positive in ourselves. And now that we're having a shift, I think this is going to be more incorporated into a lot of schools and systems. It already is in a lot of different education systems. And if nothing else, what we can take from this is that for all the parents out there, for all the educators, healers, we can be the light. Anytime we see an opportunity where things don't seem aligned or we're thinking, why can't they just teach this? Why can't we try to educate people more about this so that they're aware of alternative healing or these other modalities of learning about how to be aware of that mind, body, soul, and connection so we can really give to ourselves in a spiritual way as well as a physical and mental, emotional way? Well, I would say be in the light. Constantly come back to your own light within come back to meditation, breath work, or whatever you do, whatever your spiritual tools and practices are. And once you do that, you're literally shifting the energy and becoming the example of what you want to see in the world. And in my case, seeing my eight-year-old cousin tell me how to use some of my own medicine was definitely a learning experience that this is being taught and this definitely will be a part of our world more and more. That gives me so much hope. So much (laughs) hope. So, wow. And it's so true. And I think it, It took me a really long time to understand that we are not separate from each other. So holding your own light and radiating your own light is only going to produce this really beautiful ripple effect to everyone else, whether it's your, your spouse, your partner, your parents, your children, your, your pets, your community. And I think we, we forget when we're caught up in anxiety and the 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 adversities of the human experience that we think we're having this like woe is me I'm the only one that's going through this when really like we're a collective we're all knitted into the same fabric and we are all one and the more we can raise our own light it just collectively is going to to shift all of that and make this idea that this holistic really expansive approach to our wellness and our health I think more of a reality I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I also think that just to add to what you said, yes, you know, be in the light, be the example of what you want to share. But that part about how you said we're all connected, one of my favorite quotes is all things are delicately interconnected. And that's just such a humbling quote for me because when I first came across that quote, I was like, wow, this is so profound. And what I learned from that is that it's all of the things. When someone else is happy, we can also join in the happiness, right? Mm -hmm. When someone suffers, we're also a part of that suffering. This is an individual experience. It can be an individual experience. I don't want to take that away from anyone, but collectively, it's just the the energy of the entire world, Mm -hmm. the entire consciousness of humanity. And so it's, you know, when, when we have heard people in the past say things like, oh, well, you know, the system's broken when something comes up or like, well, that's the way it's always been. And that's just how it is, right? No, that answer will not do justice for this year or any year going forward, because this year has taught us that on a collective level, none of us are immune to what's going on. And we all take a hand in this process of awakening and uplifting humanity and being there for one another. And I think that's so beautiful. Just this idea of oneness, you know, yes, we do have our individual experiences, but there is a oneness between you and I, between me and the world, between the universe and I, there's this divine partnership in all of us where we're co-creating a better, much more beautiful world. I think it's beautiful that what you just said is going to air on 
while people are listening to this will be December 21st, which is the solstice. I love that. There's a huge portal. It's the, the, the Celts saw the solstice as the new year. So it's the beginning, the new year. It's a new world. I was listening to something last night that was saying how the Mayan calendar actually ended this year and not 2012 because we were eight years off when we switched to Gregorian. So mm. I don't know what's going to happen, but the the beautiful message that I loved from everything that I have read for the past few weeks is that this is the start. Today is the start of a brand new earth. And what you just said, I think fully encompasses that like it, it, we can't use that as an answer anymore. We need to do better. We need to show up. And I've been thinking for a while, like I, we need to figure out like how is a mindful and an intentional human who understands that we are all interconnected and that we are an expansive being and that we have, we are energy and we can hold light. Like how is that the, like the bare minimum for being a human on this planet? Like how do we make that happen? That's my goal. <laughs> and that's a beautiful goal, Lena. And I can, I can say with confidence that you're already doing that because I feel that energy. Um, But definitely from even stuff I've read and I actually, just for fun, um, there was this event that I went to New York last year sometime in 2019, I think around November. And there was a palm reader and she read my palm and she said, um, she goes, I'm getting a lot of Aquarius energy and I don't know of any signs that I have like mood ascending in Aquarius. But what I believe she tapped into was any healer, anyone, we're all being called forth on a different path right now, which is such a beautiful thing. It really is to uplift humanity. But the interesting thing that I would want to instill in everyone is the idea that really we're all healers. We all have a gift to give. We all have something to teach others about, right? There's no one person who's above anyone else. We're all on a very leveled platform where everyone has something to share in their own right. It's just ultimately whatever that gift is for us, that's where we stand in our true power. And the more people uncover all the things that they've been conditioned with that aren't true to who they are and actually awaken themselves to the truth of who they really are in their most authentic self, then what they're going to do is they're really just going to, they're going to enhance their lives by being open to the path that just reveals itself to them. They won't have to chase after something. It will just become revealed to them. And in that way, we can just continue to be the light for others. And just by being an example of us in our most authentic self, when you see someone stepping into their full power and see them awakening to the truth of who they really are at their core essence, literally there's just something about that shift in energy and a higher vibration that you don't know what it is. Even if you're not spiritual, even if you don't know what it is about that person, you think to yourself, I want that, or I want to get to that point. So really all we can do is continue to be in our own light. And ultimately, even other people who need healing, they will come to us and they will come to whatever healer they need. And also tap into the idea of how they actually have the innate ability to heal within them. Mm. They just need to come to the right person to awaken that because sometimes we can all use a little bit of guidance um, or help, obviously. But in reality, we're all a part of this expanding this expanding consciousness. We're really all a part of this. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, a, we're expanding towards something really beautiful and I'm really excited we for are. it. I'm really excited for this. I think from a, from a quantum perspective, and I don't want to be one of those spiritual people who completely <laughs> bypasses what has happened this year. We're like, Oh, it's just mm-hmm. the quantum shift in the collective. Like, okay, but, Human wise people are suffering and that can't be overlooked or bypassed. But I do believe Mm -hmm. that on like in the in the whole grand scope of the universe that this what has happened this year has happened because we are shifting and because there there is a light, whether you want to call it a light, whether you want to call it the divine feminine is is balancing back out and for that to happen like the scale has to be shifted a little bit which means a lot of the like the little pieces are going to fall and darkness that was taken over before is going to be more balanced with the light because it's you know they're they're equal I agree and I also think that the more we attune to the idea of healing ourselves and realizing that inner work is not an option. We all have inner work to do. Mm -hmm. And when you heal someone, it's it's like that quote, they say that when you heal yourself, you don't just heal yourself. You heal all the the lineages, the ancestors, Mm -hmm. everything that came before you. You're healing so much, so much, even from the past, you know, people that you might not even have known, you're healing 
so much. And when you feel the weight of that, as well as the beauty of that, I mean, you're going to shift not just the world as it is currently, but that's going to stay with people even in the future generation. Mm-hmm. That's going to trickle into the energy shift in the future, probably way into the future where we're not even alive at that point. You know, yep. we might not even experience the full effects of it, but to be a part of this and be at the root of it and really starting that domino effect um, and seeing more people awaken and awaken to the truth of who we are, it all starts with each person doing their own inner work and tapping into that innate ability to heal. We all have it. We just need to be reminded sometimes. Yeah. And we need to know that it's not as hard as it seems. It might not be pretty or or comfortable, but it's not like as hard or as daunting as it seems. And it's worth it. It's worth it. So worth it. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Lena. And I always, and I, I said this again in one of my other interviews a few weeks ago that I always like to end, but I haven't ended on every single episode with this, but I will on this one for wise words for anyone listening who needs that extra encouragement today to step into their power and own their capability to heal and listen to their intuition and trust themselves. What advice would you give to anyone listening? I love that question. First of all, (laughs) Um, I would say that in your most natural state, in the moments that you feel most aligned with yourself and you feel that whatever you're, you're, whatever you're trying to bring forth in your day, it just feels really easy or it just feels like things are natural and they're just working out for you. And we've all had one of those days. What do you notice your current state in that moment? How do you, how do you feel and what do you think you did differently in that moment? Chances are you probably were giving more of yourself to your passion and art, something that you might not be completely showing to the world, but you just feel so much a part of your essence. And perhaps the more you invest time in that and things that really speak to your soul, and we we definitely all have things that speak to our soul, whether it's yoga, whether it's coaching or Reiki, whatever it is, art, dancing, writing, anything. It, it's so many things. It could be anything. It could even be doing math. Some people might be obsessed with doing math, whatever it is for you. Whatever brings you joy, follow that path of whatever brings you joy because joy is your natural state. And even though healing can be a difficult process, the whole point of going through that healing journey and doing the inner work is to ultimately bring yourself into a state of balance, being okay with going with this beautiful ebb and flow in life. And so I would say honor yourself, honor how you feel in this moment and set the intention for being open to this healing journey and what it has to uncover for you. And when you start to become more aligned with the truth of who you are and that truth will speak to you, it's not something I can define for someone or you can define for someone. It's something that they'll just know. It'll be an inner knowing. You won't even question it. It'll be that moment where it's just like getting up uh, you know, when you get up every morning, it's not something you actually think about your eyes open and then you get up. Some days might be harder than others, but you know that at some point you'll be getting up and getting out of bed and moving forth with your day. And so it'll be an inner knowing that you're doing the right thing. You're doing what you're meant to do. It's your soul's path. Um, this is the journey that you're meant to lead in this life. And there's something you're meant to share with the world. And the more you tap into that, the more you start to focus your energy and your energy and your attention on those things and those passions and pursuits, everything else will just kind of fall into place for you. And that's where you kind of surrender to the process at some point and understand that this partnership you have with the universe is to help conspire in your favor, ultimately, for your highest good, as well as the highest good of the universe, not the universe, but the world and the people. And I guess that does have to do with the universe, actually. But in doing that, you're going to literally shift the entire consciousness. And you'll feel it because you might be able to just go up to a person, share a few words, and in that frequency of what you're sharing with someone, they'll feel elevated. And that's how you know that you're doing your part in your service.